What's up, principals? And welcome to the Principal Crew Podcast, or welcome back. Thanks for, uh, thanks for giving us time with these conversations with school leaders from around the country. My name is Adam. Welcome. I'm a principal. I'm your host. And as you know, this is the podcast that is all about principals all of the time, because that is just what we do in school leadership is so important. And I'm super excited about the guest on the show today. I have so many people that come into my life and people that recommend other guests. And this is a guest that was recommended. I think I'm trying to like find the breadcrumb trail. It doesn't even matter. Then I start researching and I realize that she's actually from and went to school near where I live and now lives on the opposite side of the country. Um, and I just love all those, all those connects all those connections. So Chantel Simon, welcome to the podcast. Hey Adam, nice to be here. It's so fun to, uh, to have you on. So Chantel, the people that don't know who you are, can you, uh, can you just give us, give us an overview who you are, where you work, what you do, your, uh, your favorite song from the, from the movie Hamilton. I mean, I don't know anything, right? What do you got for us? Okay, so um, my name is Chantel Simon. I've been in education for like 22 years. I started in San Jose. I was um, going to school at the same time I was getting my credentials. So I was one of those San Jose State people who got to do their teacher's um, internship at the same time they were in school. So back, back, back in the day. Started out of Title I school there. Um, then I taught there for about six years, third grade, came to Virginia because it was cheaper. And once we got here, um, actually, I got a job first at a virtual, well, not it wasn't virtual, but it was a job fair. And it was a, um, just a fluke. I was like five months pregnant, got a job and um, moved here in June and started, had two kids and was a teacher, taught third grade at a brand new school. It was a very fast growing community. And so they were building schools like crazy, still do. I work in Lum County Public Schools and it's in Ashburn, Virginia, which is like 45 minutes from DC. And um, now I think I'm in my seventh year as principal at Forest Grove Elementary. I was an assistant principal at Sully, which is like literally around the corner. And I was there for four years. So pretty much stay in my little zone, but it's been an awesome experience. Yeah, so I love, I love it when people have been like a teacher and then like maybe an instructional coach or like an admin intern or something. Yeah, and I then, did that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, 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 we'll put that in there. And, um, and then the assistant principal and, the, and then the principal role. And that was, that was my path. I think, it's a really, I think it's a really good path to take to have that assistant principal, vice principal experience and then to go take over. What advice would you have, would you give to somebody else that maybe they're in the classroom and they're trying to break in and get that first um, leadership job? What, what advice do you have? Maybe what, what are some things you did, Chantel, or that things that worked for you or other people that you talk to um, that has, has worked for them? Because I know, I know for me, like I, I, I wanted, I was hungry. I wanted that first admin job and I tried a lot of different things. So what's, what's your advice? So I definitely would say take on any leadership um, opportunities within your schools, but something that you have a passion for, because when you don't, it doesn't always work. I would read and try to um, really figure out how important it is for their community to connect with and really, you know, do a lot of focus on 
learning to get along with people that you might not have the same opinion or idea with because those are going to be essential later on. But also then make yourself um, available to work on a project. Make yourself available to your principal and be, hey, how can I help out? And those are ways to show that you're interested. Um, I've got at least two or three people that I've worked with here that have just um, gotten their credential and just been ready, hungry and wanting to do something. And I will throw you what you need. I will leave the building so you can be teacher in charge because I think you need to see what it is before you're actually in that position. Yeah, I think that advice is so great. Any, even a small leadership opportunity is an opportunity to develop your leadership. And then you got to be vocal. You got to be vocal. I, I can remember I was a teacher, had my admin, the principal I had just kind of was just there. They retired. We got a new principal and I let them know, hey, I have my admin credential. The very next week, she put me to work. I mean, she put me to work and I was only with her for one year. And then I got my first admin job and uh, people don't know unless you unless you uh, unless you tell them so I think it's pretty evident for people that follow you on Twitter or that are listening right now that you have fun at your school Chantel I've never been to your school but I can tell you have fun where does that come from what are you thinking about like when you go to school every day or when you're in the building or people come to visit or um, and I, you know, like, like, what is that? I mean, I just, I'm just curious because I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I want to know where does that come from? Where do you, how do you, how do you push it out to other people too? I think that's an important thing to think about. Well, I mean, you have to have fun to come to work. It's a hard enough job as it is, but if we don't make it a great environment, then who's going to want to come? Would that be kids or adults? So we're always looking for ways to have fun. If it puts me in a bad position, that's always the better. But I definitely think it's just like, I want people to run through the door and say they want to be here. We've heard that so many times that just as only do the kids deserve this great environment, but so does the staff. So working hard to make sure that happens, whether that means that just past week, I did a, or a couple of weeks ago, we did a 50 yard dash or hundred yard dash for the hundred day of school, just doing those kind of things in these big old costumes. So, you know, making the kids excited and just making sure the staff feels like this is a great place to be. I'm here a lot. I'm putting on a lot of effort in, and this is this is where I want to be. And so just really working at that. And then not just me, I push that out to my leadership team. I push that out to my assistant principal, my school-based facilitators. How can we have fun? What are some things that we can bring in to build the culture to make it a place that everyone wants to be? So that's what we work on. Yeah, if you're not having fun, I mean, just find find somewhere else to work, find something else to do, or, or, or recalibrate. Maybe, you know, I, I've been there not for extended periods of time, but I need to maybe recalibrate and change my perspective. And you know what, I, if sometimes if you're not having fun, you're the one that needs to change, not the organization. And maybe that's just noticing that and, uh, and, and, uh, and increasing the fun factor of your job. Um, I know that you read books uh, and you do read alouds. I am a voracious picture book reader principal. What is your favorite picture book to read with students, Chantel? I think um, one of my favorites has always been, uh, what's her name, Chrysanthemum. I also really like right now, I'm totally into LeBron James' uh, Promise book, I Promise. I just that will be the theme for next year, just knowing that our kids, we call us um, champions, 
how they don't always know what it looks like to be a champion, but that book is a clear indication of what it means to be a champion. And it really does give the kids a great um, visualization. Plus it says, this is what I promise to do. So I figure if we all promise to them, um, they promise to us, and then we get their parents involved and we kind of use that as our anthem. But I just think that book just shows so much um, illustration of what our kids need to know. So what happens when I don't get it right? So you just keep trying and we can say it a million times, but when we have a book to back it up, I just gave away like 10 of them last week and just excited about, you know, what our kids can do. And, and we've been in a really crazy situation, but that doesn't mean we give up. That means we just keep going and um, we're going to keep trying and we're going to promise to do some things that you need, you know, individually and not your promise may not be someone else's. So we really are going to focus on that. Yeah, I'm so glad when he came out with that book because he has uh, he has the foundation, the I Promise Foundation, yeah. and um, he he donates a lot of money. And that book's a number. I think it's a New York Times bestseller. I think last time I looked, it was like a teacher pick on Amazon. So if you don't know LeBron James' uh, book, I promise you definitely got to check it out. What is your favorite leadership book? Maybe a book that's really helped change you, or you said you just bought 10 of these books to give to other people. Maybe a book that you recommend to new or aspiring leaders or assistant principals uh, that they read. Well, I think one of the, um, one of the Jimmy Costa's books can always help as far as creating culture, but I definitely think um, it's, uh, oh, I think about it. it's uh, book the one in regards to um, forming teams and understanding the PLC model that runs your entire school when you have those systems in place and that type of leadership and then you're able to really give teachers a voice and they're really focused on what the kids need answering those four questions I think that does everything for a school and so um I gave that book away to one of my my babysitters who's studying to be a teacher. So just understanding the framework is so important. And, and really, as a new leader, you want to fix everything. But I think if you focus on the most important things that are happening are going to be really important. So that's just one of those. Yeah, no, those are great recommendations. Um, a mistake that I see a lot of new and leaders make is when there's a new program or a new idea or a new initiative and uh, they don't roll it out, I think, the right way. And something comes down from district office and maybe the school site has the autonomy to go, hey, here, here's what we got. All right, Chantel, go, go make it happen. What, what's your experience or what's your advice for school site leaders when there is a new program and it's small, medium, large, whatever it is, how to roll it out so you do get buy-in and you do get fidelity um, with it being used in the classroom. What's worked for you over your career? So I think um, in the beginning as a new principal, you kind of just do it because you don't know any better. But once you learn your staff, once you learn your students, then you start thinking about, well, how does this impact my school? How does this impact my students? How does this impact my staff? And so one of the things that I do now is I take it to the leadership team. So there's a representation of every grade level and there's a representation of EL, Fed, and you know the, the social worker. All those people are part of the, the decision-making tool here. And so I bring it to them and then I say, so here's what's on the table. Where are we at with it? Does it make sense for us? And if it does, then we take it to the staff. And I don't even, I'm very transparent about it. I've learned way too many times that if I'm not transparent, then it makes it seem like I'm doing something and I'm not. 
they're just easier just to be up front and say, hey, this is what's on the table. Do you think it will work for us? Um, a couple of years ago, we had the opportunity to become a PL school, just personalized learning, which, you know, you're doing that already, but it was a good title and it made it seem like it was something different. So we read the application together as a staff in a staff meeting, I just had them vote on it. What works for you? First, let's do a little jigsaw. This is what it says on the application. And then, hey, here's what we're already doing. Here's what they say they're gonna do. Do they match? Does it sound like something you wanna do? And we just voted that way. And those are the things that you know people value because you're asking for their voice and you're giving them an opportunity to see it and embrace it. And you're always focusing on, is this what's best for kids? And so those are where the decisions are. Yeah, I'm, I, if, if this was a video, you would just see me nodding my head repeatedly <laughs> as you're talking, Chantel, because you know, the majority of the time, if your staff is not ready, leaders just don't move forward. Because then when there is a time that maybe they don't think they're ready and you need to push them because those are those times, they're gonna say, okay, yeah, this must really be one of those times because Chantel listens to us um, mm -hmm. every other time, you know, and you really gotta, you gotta get that buy-in. So there is that fidelity and that efficacy um, when, when putting out new programs. Something that I've been thinking about a lot um, lately and talking about is sustainable leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think there's a difference. I know there's a difference between being a hard worker and a workaholic. And I've always wanted to be known and act as a, as a hard worker. Mm -hmm. And I, I worry about a lot of leaders that I know, leaders that I've worked with, leaders that have reached out to me that are burned out, stressed out, leaving the profession, having their job, cost them their marriage, mm -hmm. you know, having lack of relationships in their life. What, is, what does it mean to you to be a sustainable leader, to be a hard worker and not a workaholic? And we know there are times when you are busier than, than other times, 100%. But what do you think about with that? What are some strategies maybe that you have in your, in your life, in your leadership, so that you do have sustainable leadership? Definitely one of the biggest things I think is you first become a principal that gets it, like here, like, oh, uh, here every day. But I think over the time, like I have a, ment a mentee right now, and I told her that, you know, while the first year is going to be very unbalanced and you need to prepare your family and you need to let them understand um, what might happen this year. But as you go on, you put things into practice. You come up with a filing system. This is what happens in January, February, March, and you know what's coming up. Um, I'm very big into making sure that um, we're ahead of the game, which makes it hard when you're new. But if you have a mindset of these are the tasks that need to be done in January, this always happens in January. This is what we do. And um, what are we gonna do? What's our game plan this year? And then you're, you're telling that to your family. Okay, listen, you know, September, August, it's gonna be, it's gonna be packed. But there's also part of you that it's never done. So you've got to know when you go home. It's that simple. Like I'm not the um, before five, I usually didn't leave, but now, hey, it's sunny outside. I gotta go, man. <laughs> and um, I gotta be balanced. And it, it's hard because I've had those times where my husband's like, man, you cannot continue to do this. And I, I don't have a hobby. Like those are just not the things that I have, but definitely just, you know, making sure you feel good. That self-care that we talk about that everyone says now, it's so important to protect your peace. And sometimes this job can take that away. So you have to, you have to be really efficient with your time. That's the biggest thing. I am big about sitting down. What are, what are the tasks that need to be done? Assigning them and getting them done and knocked out. And did I do it for the day? Okay, good. 
Do I feel good about myself? I have top three. I can't get all 25. I'll never get them all done. What are my top three today? And when I do the top three, and sometimes if I do the top two, I'm ready to go and I'm excited about it. And so that balance is important. And I never thought exercise was important. Like I see you running and all that stuff. That's not me, but <laughs> I got a Peloton and I'm telling you that thing, it just changes because you're on there for 30 minutes. You're doing whatever, or 40 minutes, whatever you can do. And you forget everything and it just brings you down in the space that you need mm-hmm. and um it took me a while to figure that out but all of that is important that feeling that peace that you get you gotta have it yeah it's uh you have to you have mm-hmm. to and i love you know, everything is important but what is urgent and if you put everything in the important and urgent category you're just you will be there you will be burned out you will be stressed out it's a uh, it's just no good. So I'm curious. As uh, we're both elementary principals, we live on we live on different coasts, and I've been having um, I've been having conversations with neighbors and friends and just other leaders um, about social justice, about about racial justice, about Black Lives Matter, about AAPI, Asian American Pacific Islander um, hate and violence, and. Uh, you went to San Jose State where Tommy Smith and John Carlos went, right? In the 1968 Olympics, it's like people know, if you know history, you know, it was like, you know, they got, they, they got kicked out of the Olympics. As a school leader, as a, as a Black woman, what, what place do you feel, how far do we go with conversations in elementary school? Um, and I, I, we have to teach history appropriately and accurately. And I feel that some conversations should be had in high school, maybe civics class, and then middle school is a different, different realm, and, the, and then elementary school. Um, and I mean, there is no right or wrong answer, Chantel. I'm just I'm asking, like, in elementary school, as a leader, how far, what, how deep? Um, this is a broad question, but you know, <laughs> to take take a stab. Like, what do you what do you feel is appropriate? I guess, and what do you feel is needed? And not everyone's gonna think it's appropriate and maybe not all your staff or the whole community. But um, again, I know that's a broad question, but what, what are your thoughts, Chantel? I definitely think you need to represent the culture that's at your school, the verse, whatever you have, the students that you have, you've got to be willing to have those kind of conversations with them. And when they do ask hard questions, um, one of the things we go to is literature and, and diverse text and making sure that they're represented in ways around the building, making sure their families are welcome to come in, that you have things that meet their need as far as interpreting and translating. And when you do have um, a staff that may not look like yours, students, you really have to be willing to have some conversations. Right now we're reading cultural responsive teaching in the brain. We're doing it as a staff. I've gotten rid of just doing and reading on your own. We like dissect it, look at culture, look at the different levels of understanding culture. Because if I as a teacher can't talk to you about it and how it applies to my life, then I can't really talk to a child about it. And then if I take it out of context as a teacher and I talk to a child, then that kid may not have a great understanding and go home and say, this is what happened at school. So you really have to um, be willing to do a little research on your students. You got to know them. One of the things we're doing now is home visits too. So we can, we were doing it virtually, of course, but just being able to find out what are the family needs? What are, what are some things that are great about your kid? And then being able to make sure that we're offering, you know, diverse text in our school and, and, and representing those students, like not just celebrating the same old holidays and not just celebrating them or having international day, but really getting deep into 
what is, you know, this heritage, what is that um, understanding of their cultural background. And so you have to be open to have the conversations and then you've got to be willing to direct it. I don't know how many kids I've had say the wrong words. And so we have to have a, hey, let's talk about it because that's the only way we're going to learn what does it really mean. And so there's been times that I call a parent and I'm like, hey, we're going to do a little research about what does the N-word really mean? And so if you're not willing to do that and really, you know, be there for a kid to not just say you were wrong by doing it, but no, let's have a conversation about it. And so um, I'm from that whole Glenn Singleton Courageous Conversations. I did that training in San Jose where I, where I was at in Oak Grove School District. We were one of those school districts that worked with it. And we just, we just learned from it. And so just being able to be transparent in all conversations and, and take it as a growing opportunity for your staff, for your students, for the parents, and being able to welcome them in and having some of those conversations like, hey, um, how can we help meet your needs? But then tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the things that we don't know that we don't want to mess up. And, you know, it's really about people. And when they feel as if they're part of this community and a stakeholder, then they're going to work with you grow with you and um, those are just the things that you know it's are really happening in Virginia or in my school district for sure equity is a big thing and so how can we as um, leaders make sure that we're walking that walk um, and talking it and being able to make sure that we meet our students needs and being able to educate them I mean that's what it is opportunity, opportunity that's right right yeah it is it is opportunity and as you're talking about those book lists um, a lot of people reach out to me like, hey, what books do you recommend? And uh, Edutopia has some great book lists. Uh, Common Sense Media, yeah. they have some great book lists. I know there's a whole bunch out there, um, but uh, those, those, those are two that, that, that just come to mind um, off the top of my head. Chantel, if you could have one job for mm -hmm. one day, what would the job be and why? And if you could have one job for one year, what would that job be and why? Okay. So if I have one job for one day, I would definitely, definitely like to be the president for just one day, just one day, just to see the ins and outs and understanding and just be like awed by, I think I get to make so many decisions, how many decisions a person <laughs> makes, but that's random. Um, but for one year, um, I think being able to travel to different schools, like I'm not sure what that would be, but definitely like being able to go to different schools and get an understanding of what they're doing maybe on a particular topic. And then being able to share that wisdom with other schools and then being able to bring that stuff back to my school, just being able to open up a pipeline of some sorts of what's happening in California versus happening in Virginia. So I don't know what job that would be, but definitely some type of education consultant. That sounds good. Education consultant in regards to reading, science, math, whichever. But just being able to share, I think sometimes like we don't share the way that we could. We could just like so many more things happen. And I think that's an exciting opportunity just to be able to get inside, get some understanding and then just go out there and make impact. Yeah, no, you're onto something. I was talking to my friend, uh, Portia Dudley, who's a principal in, uh, in Texas about doing like an exchange and mm -hmm. not like a year, not a six mm -hmm. months, but like do it for you know two weeks where mm -hmm. maybe they come to your school for a week and then you're on your own and then you go or something. Because I'll tell you, I've had the opportunity to be that consultant and visit mm -hmm. hundreds of schools 
around the country. And I've learned so much. And, and you've worked in, you know, California and Virginia, but when you get it, really get to get in there and see, it really does broaden your horizons and nothing's weird. It's just different. And you learn, you learn from that. So what, what if, what if the president and what if the vice president and what if the secretary of education came to your school, Chantel, and, and they, they just, they just rolled up and they're like, hello, Miss Simon. Um, and they're like, show us around. And you had, you had the opportunity. So you're not the president, but you have the president with you and you have the, you have the vice president and you have the secretary of education and you had them for an hour and you had their ear. What would you tell them that, that your school needs? What would you tell them that Virginia and what would you tell them that public schools across this country need right now? Uh, I would definitely say we need a lot of grace. Um, our teachers do. We need to be seen as professionals. My kids need time. They need maybe a little more time in school. Uh, that some schools should have options to do year-round school as well. Some schools in that same district may not. Um, that my kids need more uh, hands-on opportunities, not just computers, but we need opportunities to get our hands dirty, whether we're outside, whether we're inside. They need to understand what the authentic learning looks like and why it's important. So those authentic opportunities, I might say something about testing because really, what are we doing? And um, just really giving kids a project-based opportunity to really explore what's important and why. And why am I learning this and really get excited about you know, education itself and the opportunities that it can open for me if I really have a concrete understanding and not that abstract, though it's in the air, but I don't really know what it's about. So I think those, I think grace time, take some of the testing away. You know, maybe we don't have a report card. Maybe we have like a portfolio, but those are the things that are important and that's what kids are gonna take away. I'm not gonna remember what I learned in third grade, but get my hands dirty and make me plot out some land and plant some things and then go have to sell it and all these other things, I'm gonna learn way more than that. You know, I'm gonna learn how to impact my community and that's what we want. We want kids who are gonna take over that really have an understanding. Well, that's what I would tell them. You have my vote for the <laughs> Secretary of Education. I know we have a new one, uh, Miguel Cardona, but Chantel Simon, uh, you have my vote. So I, I don't own a Peloton, but I know like 90% of my friends do. Do you have a favorite Peloton class or instructor that you would like to recommend to the Principal Crew really? podcast uh, ecosystem? Go for it. Yeah. So I totally love uh, Allie Love. That's her name. And she's doing cycling. And it's just the way she breaks it down and like, you're here with me. I need you to give me all your attention. Just release all that stuff that happened. You're here for my 20, 30 minutes. And I want your full attention. And then she takes you through this music that you connect with. And you're like, wow. And you're just in a totally different environment, although you're just in the basement or wherever it is. But it just feels like this is the person who's talking to me and is getting me to, you know, just keep going and just promise to keep that time to myself and making sure that I'm giving my all while I'm doing it. So those are the things. She's awesome. She's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Now, you didn't answer one of the questions at the beginning. I had a bunch of questions in there. Do you have a favorite song from Hamilton? Oh, I didn't know you really wanted me to say that. <laughs> um, we love Hamilton know, in my house, so I got to tell my I, kids too. <laughs> but see, I've never seen it, so oh, don't even, don't go. Okay. Maybe one day. Um, I think my person is um, 
Mary J. Blige. I mean, there's nothing that she doesn't sing, but she has a song called um, Fine. And it just, she just says how, you know, she's fine and she's working through it and she's going to get through it. And so those are the things like you're handed a lot, whether that be mother or job or, you know, wife or sister, you're handed all these things. And so I'm going to get to them and they're going to be great. I might do it my way. You might do it your way, but you know, I'm fine. Yeah, no. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So mm -hmm. to end this podcast, I love helping to amplify the voices of my guests. Chantel, I'm just going to pass you the microphone. What would you like to say to all the aspiring leaders, assistant principals and principals that are listening to this podcast? The microphone is yours. I definitely think you need to make sure you're down for what the kids need and always keep the focus to that. And know that it's going to be hard some days, but some days you're going to just go down to kindergarten and feel the joy that you never felt because that's where it's at. But keep your head to what's best for my students and listen to everybody, but make the decisions. When it comes to the hard decisions, don't be afraid to open it up and let other people be a part of the conversation. You are not in charge of everything. And the more you let that go, the better. When you're first a principal, you're like, I got to do it. I can do it by myself, but you can't. You can do it by yourself. You'll wear yourself down. The more that you have this leadership, that shared, this vision that everyone is on the same accord. When I start hearing my assistant principal say the things that I said, I'm like, oh, I did my job. So, I mean, that's it. And once that carries down to your leadership team, you know that when they go into the grade level team meeting, they're saying, and they're spouting it off because they all believe in it. But it doesn't happen if you're not willing to open it up and just be like, we're all in this together. And that's our hashtag, let's be or better together because I can't do it alone. There's no way that I could do it alone. So we're all in it for all these 500, 600 kids that we have in and out of my building. That's what's got to happen and their families. So just being able to open it up and not being afraid to be vulnerable as that Brene Brown book is, being vulnerable makes everything better. It really does. And it's not something you learn in school. It's really just after time. And I can tell you that it's not worth the first five years. Just start opening up from the beginning. And if you think you can do it alone, you're wrong. You're wrong. And you're going to be burned out. You're going to be stressed out. And uh, your people will not be on the same page. Chantel Simon, thank you for your time. It's been so fun having you on the podcast, your energy and your mojo. I think I might need to have you back on uh, down, the down the road. We can go for, uh, go for round two. But uh, thank you, everybody listening. Thank you for all that you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing day.